0: Hey, welcome back to Whatcha Gaming, Bro? Yeah! Uh, we're talking games. We're just wrapping up here. we got a minute for a couple more games, I guess. I'm
1: Spike Ratstein.
0: And I'm Caden Jaden. And and, and I, I, I've been playing... Uh, I want to tell you about this. I'm so excited about this one. I've been playing... Hit me. Uh, it, 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 it's a roguelike-like-like. Like. Oh! <laughs> you, 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 you play... You know, it takes some liberties, but you're playing as a plank of wood, uh. and you're trying to become a house. And so you need to attract other planks of woods. And so it's it's, it's a turn-based, very tactical thing. You're moving through a forest, mm-hmm. you know, for example, and you're trying to convince planks of wood inside trees to come out and stop being parts of those trees and being... Uh, you know, part of your house you're building, said, but it's tricky. You got to balance it because it's a resource management sort of thing because you can't take too many planks out of a single tree or the tree's going to die. Is this an MMO? No, 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 no. It, it, it's got, it, it's actually got some some FTP elements and, uh, uh, you know, an online scoreboard, but it's primarily right. single player experience. You know, it's primarily, you know, that it retains that from uh, the more traditional roguelike likes. Sure. Uh, but, you know, it, it's great. You know, I, I, at this point, I'm about halfway through a bungalow and I'm really happy. I have to say, I'm pretty sick of
1: up. roguelike likes. You know, I'm really glad to hear you know, that there's a roguelike like like.
0: Yeah, no, it, it's nice to see the genre breathe a little bit. I'm, I'm tired of these bindings of Isaacs, you know, Yeah, you know, But uh yeah I, yeah, anyway, I, yeah, I just
1: want to see more variety.
0: I uh, I hardly recommend it. It's 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 called uh would you and it's <laughs> it's, it's it's check it out. It's, it's early access, but it's, it's a lot of fun. Right. Uh, what have you been playing?
1: Oh, God, I got to tell you about Chicken Tickler. Yes, it's so good. I've heard about this. Right. So there's uh, all of the chickens are procedurally generated. And and it's never the same chicken twice.
0: Yeah. It's it's, it's just like I I heard there's a billion distinct chickens in the game. There's over
1: a billion procedurally generated potential chickens in Chicken Tickler.
0: Some of them have, you know, red feathers. It's incredible. And they're never going to port
1: it to the console.
0: Well, yes, there's not enough memory on 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 like even the PS4 and Xbox one, you know, support that number of, uh, you know, beacon version permutations.
1: Plus, I mean, you play a character who has at least like 25 different fingers and every key on the keyboard is a different tickle finger. Yeah,
0: exactly. And if you're
1: going to tickle that chicken. You know, I mean, every chicken, you have to tickle it different.
0: Yeah. What what, what are you going to do? Like, you know, hold down R3 to get a modular set of button, you know, shoulders? No, it's it, it, it'd be a fucking clusterfuck. It fuck. would
1: be a nightmare. That's, it, it would be it, a clusterfuck.
0: Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. That's what I'm uh, trying to say. So, yeah, no, the keyboard's a natural, uh, you, know, you know, implement for that. Right. You know? Right. Uh, plus, uh, plus, you can play with two and a half friends so that you can each control, you know, all 25 fingers all at you, the same time. Th-
1: that's the only way to play, I think. Yeah.
0: Um, are you playing any CCGs, collectible card games? Look, you know, I've been I, I've been playing uh, Trophy Wife. Oh, yeah. Uh, the game where you play the wife of a guy who owns a trophy store. Uh-huh. And so you're, you're collecting various trophy manufacturing equipment pieces. You're trying to put together an assembly line. You're also trying to manage your own career. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's got a really interesting dynamic. The the, the sort of mana generation is actually uh, using recycling of trash trophy material. So you have to make a decision: Do I want to turn this into a bowling trophy, or do I want to you know just play the safe bet? And uh, sell it off to uh, a recycling dividend provided by a state refund process. Right. And the meta game is really great because you can really you can change the whole game by infiltrating the government committee that controls the refund allocation process. Oh God! I
1: heard the card synergy when you get into that realm is a whole. Oh, it's, other... it's
0: nuts! Yeah. It's nuts. If you can manage to get your claws into compromising details on the private life of, for example, a committee member. Who was himself a former bowling champion? Those bowling trophies, you can you can basically scrap them and mm-hmm. make more money than you make selling them retail. It's it's. I've seen some crazy crazy shit in some tournaments that I've seen on on YouTube.
1: That's so intense. It, it, I I I've been really into a QMMQR called a uh, uh, dive slapper
0: oh yeah yeah
1: you go way way deep in this game it's wait, like
0: oh I, wait no i'm sorry I, compared I, I, to any other
1: game you've ever played you go way deeper in the ocean on this one
0: see i was i was thinking of something i was, I was thinking of dolphin slapper it's, oh, it's dolphin slapper uh, right I, which i understand was sort of like the the it was the inspiration for the game that oh, became see, the inspiration for it's dive pretty slapper, complicated because
1: like, a, a couple of the people who worked on dolphin slapper spun off their own company
0: yeah oh yeah, yeah. After, the, after the original developer right. died of lupus
1: right it was very very brutal and cruel and, and miserable as life often is but dive slapper you slap some of the fucking deepest sea animals you've ever seen like you know those anglerfish. oh yeah that's yeah, where yeah, you yeah. start With that's like level on one in yeah. this game can you those, believe
0: this those crabs that get sucked into pipes oh my god or, uh, those, you slap them weird... into the
1: pipes and then they just get sucked in and it's a, it's a nightmare yeah. for everybody
0: the, the, the shaders on the pipes are amazing unbelievable the... I
1: mean you can't well well, it's I mean it's all black because you don't
0: well yeah but you but know if you, you look know, at the like code the, if you look at the code you can see the, the developers the told you how doing.
1: complicated the things are yeah. that they're doing to render these things in pitch black it's really really incredible I watched,
0: I watched a four hour let's play exploring the entire pipeline yeah uh, I, I
1: have no less than three or four Twitch streams of it going on at any given moment. Yeah,
0: it's it's, it's amazing. I, I want to talk about one more, and this is okay, this is yeah, the sort of yeah. big ticket thing uh, that you know everybody's been talking about. This there's a lot of speculation. We've only seen a little bit of footage. Oh God, I'm so
1: excited about Dick this.
0: Butt Adventures. Yeah. Uh, finally, you know, after all these years languishing as sort of like a B-list meme, Dick Butt has finally gotten his own game, mm-hmm. and he's just it's just dicks and butts everywhere. It's 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 one of the f- world's first 2.5D Fractal genital mm. ass sims, and mm-hmm. you know it's just like. I I, like whoever came up with this just like deserves a, a medal.
1: I heard they pegged it at 60 frames per second. Oh yeah. yeah. oh Yeah. They, they really they, they
0: definitely they pegged it right there. Right there. Uh, it's it's just like you never know when it's going to you know. And the best part is going, uh, you know? Casey
1: Green uh, uh, creator of the comic that Ditbuck came from not seeing a penny from this. Oh no. no of That's course the not. best it, part. Yeah, the developers are getting all the money.
0: Yeah. No I I, I absolutely love the uh, unjust exploitation of other people's IP through uh, failure to cover your ass through ridiculous Legal maneuvers. It's, right, you know.
1: right, it's 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 fantastic. And so, it, it, so keep
0: an eye out for that. That's coming out for uh, the Wii U.
1: Yeah, the, from from uh, this is fine studios, whose logo is the dog sitting in the uh, the, the flaming office saying yeah. "This is I fine." Th-
0: I, yeah, 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 I'll, yeah. No, there's, and they put out some good stuff. You know, yeah. I mean, horrible, horrible people, just but, but... just
1: awful, pe- just miserable people. <laughs> but, you know, if, it,
0: if it's a fun game, it's a fun game. Right, absolutely. Anyway, that's all the time we have. Uh, but thanks for listening. And uh, what are you gaming, bro? What are you gaming, bro? What are you gaming, bro? That's what I'm asking. Oh, 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 that's a. T- oh, I, I thought you were asking. Oh shit,
1: no, hold, that was hold just on. a title. I got a confused. That was just a title.
0: Okay, the yeah. title of our show is what are you gaming. Oh bro? yeah, shit. I mean, I ask you that a lot, but that's that's why we decided that was the title of the show.
1: Oh yeah.
0: Uh, Remember?
1: Is that is that what this show is called?
0: Yeah. Oh. Jesus. A crab shoe, 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 a crab shoe. Ah. Yes,
1: that was really satisfying. Excellent. So it's 11:56 a.m. in Portland, Oregon, so I can't get drunk for another four minutes at least.
0: Yes, lest I I'll, become I'm, an alcoholic, right? I'll get, I'll get going there for you though. It's it's a solid one fifty six in the afternoon here in Huntsville, Alabama, and uh, I don't work today, and I've I've already made an impulse purchase in the hundreds of dollars. So it's basically I'm I'm on a vector for just nonsense. I'm I'm beer's expensive there. Yeah, <laughs> it was a, this was a pricey beer. I was really surprised by that. Um, what uh, what kind of beer are you drinking? I am drinking uh, Lazy Magnolia uh, Southern Pecan Nut Brown Ale by uh, Lazy Magnolia a Mississippi brewery. Cool, and uh, it's a it's a tasty uh, nut brown ale. It's a bit nutty, mm-hmm. as you might think. It, it doesn't. It's not like pecan syrup or anything. So. Um, you know, it's not crazy. It's actually just, if you hadn't told me it was a pecan ale, I probably wouldn't have thought, oh, pecans, but, uh, but it's tasty. Then again, maybe I would have thought that cause I'd be going into it blind and then be surprised by any hint of pecan. Whereas with this, it says Southern pecan in big letters. I'm like, oh, got to get ready to think about this pecan. And I'm like, ah, eh, it's a nut. I don't know. I don't what know. What makes pecan say. Southern? I don't know. I, I, it's, I think they grow easier down here or maybe it's just a, maybe pecan pie is more of a Southern thing, even though pecan pie is everywhere. I don't know. It sounds like a it sounds like a South thing to me. Pecan pie. That's
1: a, I. That, I wanted that to be an easy setup for a joke, but I can't come up with one either. Oh, so you you just had the sense that
0: a joke existed. Yeah, like what makes a, a pecan straight...
1: southern? I don't, I don't know. It's wrapped in the Confederate flag or some <laughs> shit. I don't know. There's no. I mean, that's not a good joke. But I figure no. there must be one. In <laughs> no, you somewhere. really did not nail
0: that. Well, we'll, we'll, we'll think no, about that I was throughout pitching the show. It we'll see if get gets over it. you well, I appreciate that. You just you did not initially pitch it as a joke, and then you told me you were setting it up as a joke. And I feel a little bit. I feel a bit ambushed. <laughs> I feel a little bit uh, a little bit Shanghai here into failing to produce a joke I didn't know was my responsibility in the first place. Um, But the beer's delicious. I hope you like it because you're drinking drinking for two,
1: as I said. Uh,
0: I'm I'm still... I'm pregnant? (laughs) (laughs) I didn't know how to tell you this. I I feel like I was pretty low energy last show. Uh, Just, I think... Because it was like a couple days after we got into town that we recorded the last show. And I feel Mm -hmm. like I was very sort of like worn out from the drive and not really settled in yet as much as i think i my take may have been oh well we're basically settled in now we're like we had accomplished basic necessities but i really hadn't like sort of gelled and relaxed um and so i'm definitely a couple weeks farther in and i feel like i'm actually kind of awake today for this one so i, I guess that the last one came off to as sort of sleepier or underdone other than me ranting sadly about quarters, which let me tell you, uh, <laughs> just apologies to our listeners. I, I, I think I may be appropriately obnoxious today as, as one would normally expect from our podcast. Did you listen to the last episode? No, of course not, Okay, but I have dim I have memories of it. I remember sort of feeling that way, but then again, I was feeling just sort of out of sorts. So maybe I just assumed that the podcast had me sounding a little bit out of sorts, uh, and maybe I actually was masking it perfectly well at the time. I don't know.
1: I thought you sounded great. You t- you settled into an anecdote about quarters and laundry that did last about two and a half hours. But it's okay because I <laughs> I got you back at the end because I got started on Metal Gear Solid, which I don't right, know how to shut right. up about. So it all yes. balanced out uh, in it. E- I mean, in an equally obnoxious yes. on both sides way.
0: <laughs> Let me tell you, my emotional state regarding quarters did not improve. Uh, in the ensuing two weeks. Let's hear I about went f- it. I'm ready. I'm hit. I'm, <laughs> I'll, I'll give you push. the short version here. I, you know, I, I, I think I w- the place I was in at the time when we talked was I had had to go f- get quarters to do laundry for the first time. And I'd wandered down to the Dollar General and I would said, oh, hey, can I get a roll of quarters? And I got a roll of quarters. And then I started having a certain degree of like sort of just emotional concern over the whole thing because like, oh, I remember doing this and that sucked. Um, but then, you know what, they gave me quarters and then I went back and did laundry again, you know, a few days later and they gave me quarters and I did it again. They gave me quarters. And I was like, okay, well I feel weird about this. I feel like the sort of Damocles is, you know, hanging over my laundry, but it's working. So whatever. I just, I can process this old weird. And then, uh, and then they didn't have quarters and, uh, and neither did subway and neither did two gas stations. Basically everything within walking distance, except for the, a Chinese nail salon, which I at that point I was like ah, I don't I I've tried too many times to get a basic form of currency that no one is willing to give me. And I was just like I had a bad as like this is the dumbest thing. And then then we went to like a, a bank branch inside of a Walmart, and they gave us quarters, and everything's okay now. So uh, Josh, are we still recapping at this? No, point? no, 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 no. This that, that was the update. That was mostly the this update. is the up- this okay. is what's happened in the last two weeks. Okay. Now we have we currently have plentiful quarters. And I'll just go buy quarters, uh, you know, well ahead of time in the future from similar situations, uh, and it'll all be okay. But it was—it was really bugging me. It was really bugging me. I just—I I did not realize how much I was carrying around this sort of this whole quarter situation is bullshit, you know, baggage. Sure. Even well, is even it after off, is it talking off your at chest length. now, because I think yes. we're going yes. to have to make think, our second
1: should. official pronouncement of uh, stricken topics from the podcast. <laughs>
0: <laughs> being yes. quarters. I'm ready to let it go. I'm, okay. I'm, I'm prepared to move on. I just wanted to. Because
1: I want it all out. Get it get that all out. There. Every no, last I inch think, of it. I think that's it.
0: I'm not, I will have none of yeah. it after this. <laughs> yeah, if, in the future, of this topic will be shown no quarter?
1: Yes, exactly. All right. All right. I will put a sad trombone sound in there <laughs> right when you say that.
0: <laughs> so anytime I start to bring up quarters, you're going to have to make an edit, including a sound effect and cutting some stuff out?
1: Uh, no uh, i'll just i'll just get up and walk away from the microphone for 10
0: minutes (laughs) well what would you like to talk about
1: jesse how are you doing i'm real Uh, good i think my mic's a little hot again so let me okay um,
0: it's uh hold on i gotta go tweet again uh (laughs) was a good joke we're telling each other that no one has any context for because it wasn't on record (laughs) but uh earlier before we started recording properly uh jesse said is this mic hot or something and or one or the other of a said you know you know i think i just made a her her noise and then just was like is this mic hot or not and and so com. tweeted is this mic hot or not.com and that was the entire content of the tweet and i feel really good about that basically uh, so I'm telling you all of this because I don't know how long it's going to take him to adjust his fucking mic.
1: Oh, it's adjusted. I was just oh, listening okay. to you. <laughs> i was I'm trying I'm not to interrupt. This <laughs> is the problem with not being able to see each other is that you can't just see that I'm ready to go. Yeah, um, there's
0: no there's no super obvious uh, cue. Let me tell you uh, why I keep
1: getting too hot for this mic. Why? why? I mean, I was born this way for starters, but the other thing is um, I've had two big cups of coffee. And I also was my allergies were coming on a little bit today. So I shot allergy drugs up my nose, which is one of many, many allergy drug delivery systems I have within arm's reach. Um, and I'd forgotten that I get just a, you know, good 15 minute head rush off when I do that, um, especially if I am kind of on an empty stomach. It's, it goes straight to the bloodstream. Uh, so, so I'm you're, you're just super I'm really just high. shouting into this microphone right now yeah. and uh, trying in vain to. Uh, to correct for it.
0: Well, I I appreciate your, I appreciate your efforts to control the uh, impact that your drug habit has on our creative endeavor. So Um, you're,
1: you're, you're kind of (laughs) settling in to your, to your easygoing nature in your new home temper, home away from home. And uh, I'm just, I'm bouncing off the walls. It's great. Yeah.
0: Yeah. This is, this is a good setup. I would not go as far as home away from home. I would say, apartment away from home. It's a perfectly nice apartment and it's working out well, but uh, there, 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 there's even kind of a sense of not wanting to end up feeling too homey about it, you know? Like, I I, I I, think the ideal situation is when it's time for us to pack up and get out of here, we'll be like, oh, well, this was a nice apartment, and that's it. Hmm. And uh, I think that, well, you know, because it'd be, uh, not that it would be bad to have some sort of fond memory of it or whatever, but, you know, it's... It's uh, the 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 cost of extra sort of emotional and mental investment in a known temporary no known you know transitory thing. For me, that's something I I mostly you know I think I am inclined to avoid. Like I I, I like to find things that are going to keep working and keep being a thing and put my energy into that.
1: Hmm. Yeah, I wish um, I had something I- to say about that. That's a, that's a good. <laughs> It's a good observation. I mean, it's kind of. It reminds me of going to like high school and just being like, I can't wait to be done with all the fucking bullshit and just to be out of it, and then I can take memories of it with me. But I just am. I, I never want to be someone who just settled into high school and then pines for it for the rest of my life. Which is lucky because high school, like all school, is
0: quite miserable. Yeah, it makes it easy. Um, I mean, I have I have fond memories of high school, certainly. You know, but I also I have fun when memories I think about from it,
1: high school, yeah,
0: yeah, I, I I remember plenty of things that were sort of dumb and awful, and I'm glad that's not life too. I hated middle school. I think we've talked about this, so I won't go into it again. But uh, middle school, like I have, I would really have to go scraping to find things that are legitimately positive memories about middle school itself, rather than things that maybe happened during the time of my life that middle school occurred.
1: Yeah, middle um, school is such like a dark moment for <laughs> so many people I know. I'm wondering like. Do the people who were kind of like the social alphas in middle school, do they have fond memories of it? Like, were they at the top of their game or was they just as fucked up and upset and confused and feeling like? Yeah, I don't know. I mean, out I, I would I would else? I would
0: speculate that the latter is probably the case to significant extent. Like, I don't think I don't think most people who are sort of like the king of middle school and middle school probably think of themselves in those terms you know, they're probably just as like hormonal and fucked up and confused and bullshitting their way through it as everybody else. And I'm sure they have shitty parts of their day too. But, uh, but at the same time, I think part of it is like, if you just aren't having as shitty of a time as someone else, you don't really know that you just remember the parts of the time you're having that felt shitty to you. Hmm. Uh, and so you're like, Oh yeah, middle school was kind of a pain. And then someone who was like, fuck you, middle school was shit shit and you were why, you know, Mm -hmm. you know, it's like these are people who came away from two very subjectively different experiences without knowing where one another was. And so, so I, I'm simultaneously willing to empathize with the reality that people who did not have the shit time I had in old school probably still had their own sort of a shit time and also willing to say, yeah, but also go fuck them because come on. Um, that's, that's, that's the bridge gapping I'm willing to do. I'm willing to build a bridge between, uh, <laughs> yeah. See, I, I was, I was trying not to talk about middle school too. Cause I don't want to like, this'll be the new quarters. This is, this is not a good way to go. No, uh, no
1: middle school's good. Um, no middle school's not good. And we shouldn't talk about it, but I, I, I don't, I, I, I was, was asking you weird experience about a year ago, maybe a couple yeah. of years ago. And it was a, a guy I know who I feel pretty close to, a, you know, a friend of mine, um, Whenever I'm back in California, I look him up and hang out with him and stuff. He, um, he said to me when we were talking one time, he said that I had bullied him, and I was like, "Fuck you! Are you fucking?" Like I literally <laughs> thought he was joking. I had no fucking idea what he was referencing, and I was and so I like I honestly, you know, I was like, "Right, ha ha ha," and then he was like, "You you did though," and I'm like, "Are you serious? What what did I ever?" do or say to bully? Are you kidding? And he, you know, he was like he I he had mentioned like a joke I had made at his expense in a social group that I'm sure I had just thought was just like riffing and you know, clowning around and whatever. I mean, I was... I was the, uh, the weird kid. I mean, especially yeah. in elementary school and junior high. In high school, I was just like the withdrawn kid. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I wasn't like, I would rather just not talk to anybody if it was an option. I would spend all my lunch periods in art class instead of like in the cafeteria. Um, but uh, but it it really really like shocked me and um I obviously I, I it's still stuck in my head because two years later I'm still thinking about it and I wonder how much of people who I felt bullied by even thought that they were you know the more the victims than the perpetrators of bullying or even like me had never even considered that any human being in that context would have thought they were bullied by me yeah um, it's it's really. Uh, it's strange. It's a lot to wrap my head around. And, you know, and I think back and there's even like elementary school. There was like, I thought back and there was a guy who like just kind of had a running joke at his expense that was, I mean, I just wanted people to laugh was how I remember it. And I think back and like, what a sh- I mean, that was like a year that I kept like raking this guy over the coals for this one thing that wasn't, you know, that wasn't his fault and yeah. was like a total at his expense joke. And he was a total saint about it. Um And, you know, he kind of privately told me to knock it off and I tried to for a little while and then I sort of that just made the joke funnier to come back to. And, you know, that's like shitty, shitty behavior. And I I had never really looked at it through that lens. But so I think that's so much of that age experience is everyone feels put upon and uh, no one realizes how much they're doing to putting upon until maybe later.
0: Yeah, and there's a bunch of there's a bunch of weird sort of naive performance stuff that you're doing, especially at that age. You know, people. I I I I think of it as sort of like one of the key issues is everybody's sort of trying to figure out how to grow up at different speeds and using different methods and role models and still basically just being dumb kids the whole time too. So it's like you're not actually accomplishing growing up. You're just sort of, you know foundering your way towards some performative model of adulthood and a lot of that is taking on these new sort of uh, I I, want to say like not even sophisticated is the right word but the idea of uh, maybe sort of secondary levels of emotional and intellectual engagement with things you know instead of just raw oh I feel this way about thing it's more like oh this is how I've learned I should uh, you know sort of Quantify and qualify how other people feel about things, so you get that sort of like, you know, you know, weird kinds of sort of snobbishness, smugness, smugness, judgmentalness, dismissiveness. Like those things become so much more of, I think, a, a part of people's repertoire of, of what they're learning how to react to how other people react to things, because uh, that's you know that's what you see in, uh, you know, drama. You know, uh, television, movies. You know, that's what that's how you see characters reacting. It's not just saying, "Hey, this is how I feel." Oh, okay. Well, this is how I feel about how you feel. It's you know, people being manipulative in lesser or more you know malicious or notionally you know defensible ways and all that. And that just you throw that into a bunch of fucking eleven and twelve and thirteen year olds and have them all you know swimming through that soup at the same time but at different rates and from different starting points and with different intentions. And yeah, just, a, it seems like a goddamn mess basically. So it's no shock to me that it's such a weird fucking time for people. Um,
1: yeah. And that's so much of that performative aspect is like pantomiming and you know what you're pantomiming is, is what, I, yeah, it, you're, you're kind of yeah. trying to trick yourself, and and you're not to fake old enough and smart enough to, type of thing. Yeah.
0: you're trying things out. You don't necessarily have a sense of how you feel about the stuff you're aping. You just know that that's a thing that people do, who are you know older than you or who are influential upon you. And yeah, I, I think you, to some extent, I I have distinct memories. I like I imagine I have the same thing you have. I imagine if I could actually go and interview everybody I was in middle school with there's at least a few people who would have some beef with some shit I did. And, 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 and I'm just saying that because I know I was uh, I was a sharp kid. I was, I was fairly withdrawn. I was pretty conflict-avoidant, but at the same time, I enjoyed positive feedback. And one of the things you could get positive feedback for was being sort of clever and mouthy. And you know, there were times when I was definitely sort of being a little bit mouthy. I was usually doing it in sort of the safety of a context where being mouthy was something of which people would approve – you know, I remember one time I made some smart crack to some guy who was an established smart ass and I basically smart assed him right back and it was a good one. And then he, you know, hit me on the shoulder, not like, you know, hit me super hard or anything, but you know, he gave me a good non-friendly Chuck on the shoulder. Like, Hey, fuck you. Don't do that. Mm-hmm. Uh, and that moment, you know, just as we're talking about this comes back to me because it was such a weird thing. I was like, aha, I figured out the thing you do, you do the thing. And then I did it and I executed it flawlessly. And then my reward was not social lauds and everybody saying, okay. You're an okay guy now. You're in the club. It was some guy punching me in the fucking arm. You know, because like, oh, wait, it's, there's all, and And the thing is, you know, I remember feeling sort of bad about zinging someone, but also feeling sort of clever about it, but feeling like extra shitty about that interaction where this guy hits me, because I was like, I don't get in physical altercations. You know, I don't get in fights ever. So a guy punching me on the shoulder was actually sort of getting way past my boundaries of like comfort as far as even, violent physical (laughs) interactions. Mm -hmm. Uh, And so that was really my focus, I think, was that, like, you know, this. And whereas from his perspective, I probably just said something totally shitty to him and then people laughed at him, you know? And so it's like I can sort of see there are both sides there. And I definitely had other times where i did uh like random little shitty things to someone not even because i was thinking hey i should try out this shitty thing but because i was totally just going with a train right when it left the station with some cooler kids who i was around at the time and that allure of sort of acceptance even in that like tiny little moment i once went along accidentally with a fake out high five with some ostracized kid because the people i was sitting with it was like uh you know coming down from stage after getting an award and some people were like giving each other high fives. And so these guys leaned out to give him a high five, you know, hang out his hands. And so I do the same thing and he's like going to go for it. And, you know, I think maybe a little distrust in his eyes cause why, but Hey, you know, I'll take it if I can get it. And then they pull back and I just like fucking mirror neurons. I pull back too. And I like never fucking forgot that. I wasn't even mm. like planning to be a shithead, but I was on the shithead train right then and there. And I was like, <laughs> why the fuck am I sitting next to these guys? Why was I excited that these guys wanted, uh, or at least we're okay with me hanging around <laughs> for this particular event when this is what I'm getting on. You know, it's like, it's it, it's a really, it's a weird thing. So, yeah. So, yeah, you're surprised I can totally sort of understand that weirdness of having someone say, oh, well, but no, you were the asshole. Because hmm. yeah. uh, I'm sure, I'm sure, like you say, like, probably everybody has some sort of, you know, line of of anecdote there if they still remember it. Uh, To a lot of people, that probably is sort of a little bit mutual, even though there were still definitely some overriding power uh, asymmetries in in sort of the way people treated each other and who was cool and who was not cool.
1: Right. I mean, with this guy, I just like, no, it was you and me against the assholes of the world. Like, how was it? How was I one of the people on the other side of that equation for you? That's really upsetting to me. But yeah, I mean, it's it's spend enough time with it. And I can think of dozens of things that I'm really, really upset with myself for having done or said to people. Um, even I don't know. It's just it's the allure of being the protagonist. You know, <laughs> everything happens to me, the protagonist of reality. Right. Yeah, and and, yeah, and exactly. everything is viewed through that lens um, as, you know, th- understandable like everything is contextualized in the way that you choose to contextualize it and some things just exist as their own is like what the fuck did that happen and some things exist within a greater context of well so much shit happened to me that day that no wonder i acted like this or said this or whatever and so much of that stuff is invisible so much of that stuff is just the window that we see our memories and reality through that it's it's really extremely difficult to separate the one from the other
0: yep it's a weird fucking thing it's okay what let's it is.
1: graduate from this conversation <laughs> <laughs> maybe a, maybe an early break this time sure okay we'll put in some
0: music here We need gonna write more music maybe i'll record some for this very thing maybe i'll toss out some little instrumental strings cool uh owing to what we'll discuss when we come back And we're back. All
1: right. Yeah. Hey. Good job. <laughs> Thanks. So I just started playing The Last of Us. Don't tell me anything about it because I somehow have avoided, largely avoided spoilers for this. Don't slide. tell
0: me anything about it either because I haven't either. Oh, okay. So there we go.
1: Good. Well, man, uh, if I if
0: I had a PS3 here uh, in Huntsville, I would I would just say let's 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 tackle this together. Barrel down. Um, or simultaneously, really not together. I don't know if there's really co-op anyway, but. Uh, no yeah, there is in, a multiplayer instead,
1: thing i haven't really poked at
0: yes well, well, don't spoil me on the thing I'm not supposed to spoil you on so well uh, <laughs> <laughs> what kind of conversation is this gonna be
1: it's great and, and definitely play it i mean it's you know it's it's one of the defining games of the console generation um that it's coming at the end of
0: kinda like thirty five year old gen xers what do what now it kinda like thirty five year old gen xers
1: no no, nothing uh, like no, that
0: not coming at the end of it. yeah anyway <laughs> uh <laughs>
1: I guess that's... Josh, how old are you? I forgot.
0: I'm I'm 35, I think.
1: Well, there you go.
0: Yeah, see? (laughs) (laughs) Uh, hmm.
1: So you pop the disc in. It doesn't come with a manual in the case, which weirds me out being an old fucking guy. And you pop it in, and then, you know, you have two options. You can open the game from the PlayStation, you know, UI, or you can open the digital manual And so I out of curiosity, so I have I have all these memories of like renting an NES from the video store on, you know, for a Saturday because I was really good at school that week in elementary school. And the one of my the cherished aspects of We had a long 30-minute drive from town to my house where I lived outside of town at that time. So I would spend that entire time poring over the entire manual of the game and just being so ready to maximize every second that I got to have with this game, Yep, which is how I kind of became a manual reader type of guy and now still am. And a lot of people are like pretty staunchly against that like not philosophically (laughs) opposed but just so they're so like dive in and figure it out and my personality is so figure it out and then you know ready 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 aim fire type of
0: guy game design has 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 changed so much over time in terms of at least you know larger scale productions anyway along those lines to sort of cut the manual out in favor of in-game tutorial stuff so
1: Totally. And that's why The Last of Us doesn't come with a manual on the box, because no one would read it and no one needs to, because the first couple chapters of the game, like every modern game, teach you how to play the game. Yeah. Um, but just, to, you know, as a because I saw that the digital manual was there, I'm like, hey, you know, it'd be good to know if there's some thing I'm missing or some shortcut to something I'm doing or, you know, I, I often will find some little thing I didn't realize if I go through a manual. So I, I hit the manual and and it's like installing so okay well i guess it has to install it on the playstation's hard drive before i open it so i wait for the load, you know progress bar to finish there and then i have to you know exit out of that screen and then i go back and i find the digital manual on my uh you know on the main screen of the playstation the desktop environment of the playstation yes. whatever so I go and I find it, and I open it, and it and it launches, and then it says, you know, an update is required. That's fucking obvious. So I click X, and then it connects me to the uh, PlayStation Network and starts downloading an update, and then there's another progress bar there. And finally I dismiss that, and then it ins- installs the update... And then I dismiss that and I open it. And it's just like a text file. <laughs> it's just like <laughs> you're just paging through a manual. Just this is read the me. manual opening experience now as opposed to f- opening the paper manual. Just make sure in you
0: install this particular revision of Microsoft Visual Studios, you know, plus plus libraries in order <laughs> right. to read the text file. Uh yeah, that's terrible. That's I, you, you have my sympathies.
1: It's. I mean, it was, it, I mean, that's the first worldiest of first world problems, but it's just so surreal that there's so many, I mean, now, look how simple it is now, right? It's just 11 steps and you have to install a software <laughs> update. It's pretty cockamamie. Yep. But we, it, it's not as bad as when, like, so I'm in the car on the way home as like a, whatever, nine-year-old kid, and I pop open the case for the game. And one of three things might be in there. Uh, One is the original manual. One is a photocopy of the manual because kids would always rip up and write in and lose the manual. So the video store would stop including the original manual in the case at some points. Does this ring a bell? Did you rent video games from video stores?
0: I, I did not rent a whole lot of games. Oh, my God. Um, it was
1: such a for- part of my life. But yes, but yes. So uh, the third thing that might happen is there would be a sticker printed out, and it would be stuck to the inside of the case. These are, so this isn't the original case for the game. This was like yeah. the video rental generic case or whatever. Yeah. And the
0: sticker would have some, like... Some distillation. Yeah, no, I did remember yeah. seeing that a couple of times. And it was like... You, and, yeah, varyingly reliable in any case, but certainly not the same thing as actually having the manual. And I was the kind of kid who would get really upset if there were, like, <laughs> minor <laughs> minor
1: technical, you know, qualms with the summary. I mean, it was all written in this breathless Nintendo Power style, like, get ready for some excitement. You control, you know, Noid from the popular Pizza Hut commercials in Yo Noid the Game. <laughs> Here's a quick overview of the controls you'll use to combat the pizza enemies or whatever. And and yeah, it would it would never be exactly right. It would always leave critical shit out, and I, I just that was the bummer. If you open the case and you see that, you're like, well, I'm I'm stuck. Because, yeah. you know, there's there's no Google. There's no way to look this kind yeah, of shit exactly. Up. You're and just it's, stuck in your living room yeah, it, trying it, to fuddle through.
0: If it's shitty, it's shitty, and there's nothing you can do about it. I remember renting some game that I just recently, like last year at some point, tracked down the name of in a sort of fit of spite, uh, and I've already forgotten it again because it was a terrible game that I didn't like. Uh, but it was, it, was, uh, it was some little tank-walking cityscape combat game, and I rented it when I was in Montana, and... Uh, you know, this was a big sort of nice thing for me. It was like, Oh, you rent a video game. I'll rent something I haven't played. And I rented this cause it looked good. And it, I couldn't get out of the first fucking level. And, <laughs> and it just made me so angry. And yeah, it was one of those situations where like, it didn't come with a manual. I don't think it probably came with some sort of sticker, but you know, it's like, I couldn't find any information anywhere cause where would I possibly look for information on some shitty, uh, NES game. And, and, and as I recall there may not even be much of anything now because like who would go back and write an extensive game fact for a shitty NES game that nobody liked because it was bad um, but yeah no, I was like yeah it was really it was really frustrating it was it was it was this sort of like you are helpless thing that like nobody today in a similar circumstance will ever experience because they'll just go online and they'll find a ton like the, the bigger of stupid problem with the game is the more information you'll be able to find hmm. on the details of it like you know if there's a big, obvious, shitty part that is really badly designed and a bunch of people hate it, there's going to be, you know, 20 different game fact suggestions on how to deal with that. And, and yeah, it's too much information, if anything. Uh, so, yeah, fucking kids today, I think is what we're trying to say. <laughs> In the first Metal Gear Solid game... Like like, like the NES one or... Oh, no, no Solid, Solid, right. Uh, first yes. metal,
1: the PlayStation 1, Metal Gear Solid. Yes. Um, there's a point at, that you can't really pass without looking up a codec frequency like a communicator frequency on the back of the physical jewel case that the (laughs) game comes in so having rented it i didn't have access to that and so wasn't able to really but the good news is this was in the early days of having internet in my house i think it was 18 at this point and we had dsl coming in um And, uh, I was able to find someone somewhere on some forum had, had, you know, written the typed out the, the the codec frequency so I could actually proceed in the game. But, you know, the unlucky people who rented that game and couldn't get past that part, which was pretty early at 10% of the way into the game. Um, but one of the kind of fourth wall breaking stuff that the game loved to do that kind of was a dick move to people renting it
0: or the controller switch, uh, uh, and, and, uh, when you're going up against whatever the, the guy in the da- the gas mask, yeah, Psychomantis, the- Psycho Mantis, yeah, Psycho Mantis, uh, you had to beat him by switching to controller port two, which if but you did you were not meant
1: know to be forced to figure that out in the game.
0: Yeah. I don't remember exactly what it prompts, but I do remember being like, a, are you fucking kidding me? Sort of moment <laughs> when we figured it out. Uh, I don't remember if we found out because the game told us or if we looked it up or what. But, uh, but yeah, that was a thing. I remember playing Final Fantasy VII for the first time. Uh, and this, was, this would have been 1997, like the fall. This was like break between quarters, uh, my first year at school out in Worcester. And I uh, went back to my friend Raj's house uh, for the break, and we hung out there. Uh, and this was in like Stroudsburg, Pennsylvania. Uh, and there was not good internet. Internet existed, but it was dial-up, and it was really sketchy. Because they were a little bit out of the way, too. So it was like internet off a crappy phone line to a crappy ISP. Lots of mm. drops, very slow. And, yeah, we were looking up stuff uh, for, uh, for Final Fantasy VII and for, I want to say, Resident Evil as well during that break. And just doing it over the most terrible, slow-moving, laborious internet that huh. kept dropping on us, trying to find and final Fantasy seven it's a big game in terms of like the size of the average FAq and when you're trying to pull an entire like half megabyte uh, text file down and your connection's super spotty and you know file continue software is still sort of something you have to be clever about at that point rather than just built into every single browser ever uh, it was it was difficult it was it was it was better than not having internet access but in some ways, it was almost worse because we couldn't just give up. Uh, you know, we we was like, well, but we could find out how to deal with this impossible situation, so we have to. Uh, was seven the one where you had the gun sword, and it was the
1: it had the the CG cutscenes that were like blowing everyone's mind? Um,
0: that was that right? was eight. Eight, okay. eight had the the gun blade, <laughs> fucking <a> thing. <laughs> look, look, look! Swords are cool, guns are cool, but you can't. They don't. <laughs> Even even if you're gonna go as far as posit one of those weird fucked up fantasy sections you know, situations where there's both swords and guns, but somehow guns don't just win, uh, putting the gun on the sword and then <laughs> using both at the same time, because that was that was the thing. It wasn't even like you only stabbed or shot with your gun blade. Like the, the the one of the main combat loop things to do if you wanted to maximize your damage output was learn to press a button. At just the right time, so that in the middle of an attack with your sword, you would also fire the gun. <laughs> I like love so, it. so you got to get it just right, it. so I'll you can totally both stab something that. and shoot it in the face. It's just, it's just. <laughs> it's like they had to come up with something that would make people stop talking about how dumb the giant sword in Seven was. Like, well, let's come up with something even dumber. Oh, let's, let's, Seven
1: is the one with Cloud and Yes, spiky Cloud hair strife. and the
0: giant sword. Yeah. Yes. Okay. Okay. Did you uh, of which did you hear? They're 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 actually. Really remaking Final Fantasy Seven? finally? They just announced that uh, in the last couple months. Uh, Sony or Square both did.
1: VII's the one that's going to most likely find itself on people's like top ten of all-time yeah, video games yeah. list. Am I right? Or- yeah.
0: Especially people who haven't gone back and played it since then. Or
1: would it be like the... U S version of three that came out on the super Nintendo. Would that be
0: seven? Seven's one of the big ones, three yeah. in the U S five and or, or six in Japan. I don't remember exactly how the, I think three was six and okay. numbering, but yes, final fantasy seven mm-hmm. is one of those giant best game of all times. And really what it was, was like best game for the PlayStation at that time. And it was just the right time to be that game is sort yeah. of my take on it. Cause it, it has all kinds of problems and it looks like shit, And it's super grindy, and the dialogue is not super well translated or written, and the even the flashy cutscenes at the time, which were at the time sort of flashy and conspicuously used in the television advertisements instead of actual gameplay footage, uh, even those didn't actually look that that great. Well, yeah, it's getting better. If if only just because dedicated cutscenes aren't at this point looking a whole lot better than actual in-engine stuff in a lot of cases. Right, the transition
1: um, can be a lot more seamless. That's yeah. the thing about you'll notice about The Last of Us is that they do a little bit of pre-rendering stuff, but they almost might as well not. Yeah. It's it's pretty it's pretty impressive visually in engine.
0: But yeah, basically Seven's kind of kind of a classic and kind of a mess, and I've gone back to play it a couple of times. I've never finished just cuz it's like, oh wait, this is this is a lot of wandering around leveling up my Materia. Oh yeah. Mm-hmm. And the Materia system was like clever and neat, and uh, so yeah, I'm curious what they'll do with the remake. I hope that they are willing to rethink a bunch of the details and just try and get more of the spirit of the feel of the game down, but we'll see. It seems like choosing to remake it is almost like impossibly bad as ideas go, because like people can fantasize about what if it was remade all they want and, you know, you're never gonna lose any money on that and you're never gonna get attacked for it. But if you actually go ahead and remake it and then people aren't happy with what you did. All of a sudden, you're tarnishing a cherished memory just because they spent twenty years telling you to. You jerk. You know. It's, <laughs> it seems like it right. seems like it seems like a it seems like a bad bet. Yeah, but they're they, going to do
1: know, They they remade Street Fighter Two HD Remix. You know, blah 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 stuff but they they give you an option when you go into a game of whether you want the original unbalanced glitch version or the you yeah. know tuned up you know here's how we would have released it if we had had the time to fix <laughs> all the balance issues and glitches yep. version. so you kind of have the option um which i don't think that's a bad approach for a game that people are really fond of and may not like seeing it fucked with at all but also that was kind of mechanically broken. <laughs> yeah. So you, you you know maybe the solution is to give people the choice. Um, speaking of numbers, though, uh, this is episode number thirty, the uh, Jesse and Josh teenage episode.
0: <laughs> yes, and uh, I'm Josh Millard. Uh, and I'm Jesse Holden. Um, Josh wh-
1: Millard's also speaking of uh, of tarnishing people's memories. Guess what? This is a segue to what. It's a project. Oh, yeah. From my, you. My,
0: my project. Okay. Yes. It's like, how That's am I? Ru- how would ruining I fucking know? everybody's life. So good <laughs> job. Yes. Calvin and Markov. That's, uh, it, it, it got, uh, it got some, some, uh, wind under it. It's got yeah. a couple days being passed around pretty heavily for a little while there. Uh. Which was, which was a good time. That was basically the desired outcome, is I want a bunch of people to <laughs> play with this and some of them to hate it and some of them to think it's great. And that's exactly what seems to have happened. Uh, yeah, this was a thing I built uh, basically last week, last weekend I started in on it, Thursday or Friday, and uh, put it out Monday, I, th- I think. Um, but yeah, it takes so Calvin the- Hobbes and generates new comic strips by feeding all of the dialogue from the original strips into a Markov chain process, so it builds this Markov table, this frequency analysis table, and then it generates new sentences by picking probable words to follow the preceding words until you get like a cartoon's, you know, word balloon full of text from that character. And then it does it for each of the balloons in a given comic strip, and boom, you've got a new... uh, quote unquote Calvin and Hobbes strip uh, that makes usually no fucking sense, but it's kind of a surreal Dada thing. And that's why I like Markov chains. And (laughs) and yeah, so I made that. Yes.
1: So someone coming to this with uh, with no interest in the under the hood stuff, basically, it's a page you go to and you see ostensibly a normal Calvin and Hobbes strip, except all the dialogue is a little bit tweaked, or remixed, or confusing. <laughs> yep. Lots of non-sequiturs.
0: Like, like if Bill Watterson had a stroke between inking and lettering.
1: <laughs> and uh, as can happen with such things, because we inject them with meaning on our own because of how our pattern-matching brains work, uh, sometimes we get really delightful results. Um, like you said, kind of surreal or dadaist thing. Or sometimes really just... A new comic that would have made entire entirely made sense on its own just by kind of rare, pure happenstance. Um, yep. Calvin and Hobbes is pretty sacrosanct to a lot of people, though, so it seems like... I mean, I haven't seen pushback or kickback or people upset with you, but I've seen a little bit from you <laughs> and, and other people who are supporting it who are like... Look, sorry if you're offended by this. It's just a. It's really just a fluff. It's
0: I don't. Just a I, I don't think. I don't think I've actually apologized to anybody. Um, okay.
1: Uh, well, good. Don't.
0: Yeah. I don't no. Know. It's like it's not. Well, it's not anything to apologize for. You know. It's 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 intentionally weird. It's dealing with something that is so utterly ubiquitous that there's not a question of attribution. Although I have seen a couple comments about that. Uh, via Twitter and elsewhere, people saying, yeah, well, how about some credit for the original artist? And here's the thing. (laughs) I don't actually write by Bill Watterson on this thing that specifically name checks Calvin and Hobbes as a classic strip. Uh, I do talk about you know, the the strip and Waterson uh, a bit in the blog post I wrote about because that's sort of the actual meaningful, thoughtful discussion at the the Calvin Markov page itself is just this weird random strip generator. But I feel like there is a difference between failing to give credit to an obscure artist and failing to give credit to a giant. Like, you know, Calvin and Hobbes was made by Bill Watterson. Nobody doesn't know this. Nobody is in question. Nobody could plausibly think that anybody would try and pass off Calvin As their own original work, like it's not, it's not in the realm of plausibility, uh, unless I don't know, maybe you're 14 and you grew up in a post Bill Watterson world, or post Calvin and Hobbes. I guess Bill's still around, Uh, but you know, it's it's one of those things where like his name appears in in the comic of every single strip because he signed his strips. Everybody knows it. it. it'd be like saying you know hey that's a that's a nice quote there from the bible but it'd be nice if you mentioned that it was by god and it's like <laughs> well you know people know people know who said the thing that jesus said cuz it's jesus you know it's, it's not so i don't know i i feel like it it's one of those things it was like it was very much just an omission i didn't bother to add it to the page cuz it didn't occur to me, but now that you know it's come up, I, I I simultaneously am like, well, maybe I should just throw a little, oh, you know, of course, Bill Watterson's Calvin and Hobbes on there, and and you know, sort of slice the slice the problem in two there. But on the other hand, I'm kind of like, fuck you, come on, think before you complain about something, and put it in context, and actually ask yourself, is what I'm saying necessary because of the situation, or just because there could be. A similar situation where key variables were different, where it would make sense. You know, I was like, eh, anyway. So, well
1: I mean, did anyone come out of the woodwork to to uh, attack uh, John
0: Davis's or defend John Davis's honor when uh, yeah yeah that, that, Garkov filter or Garkov, Garkov came out yeah that did not that did not come up so much and I talked a little bit about <laughs> my my blog post about it too because it's like you know it's like Garfield's a whipping boy everybody's super duper comfortable shitting all over it like you know you won't find a whole lot of people saying well now. You know, I mean, you'll see to some extent you can get people saying, Hey, well, you know, I I really liked that one growing up. I think it's funny. You know, but you don't get, you aren't going to get a high minded defense of Garfield usually unless someone just really feels like writing a high minded defense of the indefensible just for the fun of it. Because it's, you know, it's what it is. It's a very safe, very mainstream, marketable, merchandisable, simple strip. You know, Jim Davis is not an idiot. He created something that made him. I'm sure a very rich man and he did it successfully and you know, the cartoon still comes out even though he doesn't as far as I know have much anything to do with it because he just set the machine in motion and it works. You know, it's a very different thing from Calvin and Hobbes certainly and that's why it's received very differently, but it's, you know, it's, it it is what it is. Uh, But yeah, you don't get that, you don't get that same sort of tenor. And I haven't really, I really haven't run into a whole lot of people talking about like, you know, screwing up the memory. The only place where I actually found a lot of, negative comments was uh it got posted on gizmodo the other day and i've i'd seen it posted in a couple other places where boing boing posted about it laughing squid posted about it uh they don't have any comments on theirs so like there were no comments i saw a lot of people enjoying it on twitter you know i think someone's probably not going to retweet it in anger so you know if there were people who saw it somewhere and were bummer about it, they weren't going to go on to twitter track me down and say hey josh millard fuck you. you. know It's the people who are like, oh, this is hilarious. You know, This is in my wheelhouse. We're going to tweet it because they want other people to see it too because they want to share it. Uh, so I really, and, and there was a Metafilter thread about it and that was very positive. Uh, so I really hadn't seen negative comments about it even though I sort of expected there to be some until Gizmodo put it up and then a bunch of people were like, uh, so I ended up adding, uh, <laughs> I ended up adding some of the critical comments to the page itself uh, as blurbs uh, just because I was entertained enough by the whole thing. The, the guy who said this, that he's very familiar with uh, Markov chains and this is the dumbest, dumbest application of them he's ever seen. I really like that one because that was that was like that's not just saying I don't like this. That's saying, you know, I happen to be an expert on not liking this, uh, which <laughs> I don't know. To which your reply was my
1: favorite, which was I guess he hasn't seen my other work. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs>
0: But yeah, that was the thing. It was, it was fun building it. And and maybe I'll keep doing some work on I've got people actually transcribing more of the transcripts uh, or editing them so they'll be digestible by my program. Um, so that'll actually make it have a lot more variety when I collect those over the next few days.
1: Yeah. I mean, the, the the one or two kind of real failure points is characters who only have a tiny bit of dialogue in your data set, like Mo or yeah. Susie Durkins. Yeah. Um, and, uh, and so they, they get into loops of repeating themselves, which sometimes is great, but it's also like, it would be nice to see a little bit more uh, variety from some of them. Um, It was, it was only when I noticed that Mo was saying the same thing every single time in the, (laughs) in the giving the quarterback after bullying Calvin strip that I was like, Oh, they are only drawing from their own characters' exactly. sets, which I did not realize at first. Yeah, I no, thought it, se- it was seemed just important from the entire, to give it- every character drew randomly from the entire corpus.
0: Yeah, no, I experimented with that briefly, but I, I was like, no, this really should be per character. Yeah, but yeah, it'll be nice to have enough lines for Mo to actually have any kind of variety at all. He's the real conspicuous outlier, but yeah, Susie doesn't have a whole lot in it yet either.
1: Yeah, and Mom and Dad are sometimes not quite there, although Dad sometimes gets real good. <laughs> yeah. Mixes in there for sure.
0: So, yeah, I look forward to filling that out some more. But, uh,
1: good job on that, though. I, I, I quite enjoyed it. As someone who will, can 100% understand a knee jerk reaction of like, you know what, don't fuck with Calvin and Hop. Like, like, I totally, totally sympathize with that yeah. as, as a first reaction to anything. Um, because there's been so, so much. I mean, Calvin pissing stickers, like, we don't even need to talk about this. They're just implicitly a giant problem. (laughs) But but even beyond that, there's just so much kind of hackery, like, you know, just lazy trading on people's affection for a thing that was incredibly uh, uh, well realized and and from the heart from a single person who had incredible passion about it. And it's just easy to trade on people's feelings towards that by making a... Well, you know, Calvin grows up and marries Susie Durkins or whatever. Yeah. Not, I, I don't know. I don't want to crap on any individual thing, but usually my reaction is like, uh, you know, make make your own thing. Come on. Yeah. Like don't 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 just get a boost from someone who's or is from a piece of, a body of work that's not really there to just boost you. But uh, this this is a it's, it's a very different beast, and I didn't I didn't have that reaction myself. Yeah. And uh, as much as I can say, I sort of understand that that's people's first knee jerk. Well, yeah, you know, that's,
0: that's, that's what I expect whenever I do something weird like this. There's going to be people who are like, Oh, this is great. I love this. There's going to be people like, I don't really get it. And then there's going to be people who are like, Oh, why are you fucking with a thing? And and Calvin and Hobbes is certainly much more likely there than Garfield as we discussed, but, uh, (laughs) but yeah,
1: for reasons that escape me,
0: (laughs) I don't know. I don't get it. I don't get it. They both have lovable cats who talk, (laughs) you know?
1: Um, okay. Maybe another break. Let's do it. Let's do it. Yeah. Yeah. Let's come back. Hey. Hey.
0: What did I just hear from you during the break? I'm excited. Why, you just heard a a, a Gretsch uh, honey. Dipper, I think, is it, honey dipper, honey dropper. I don't know. I just bought it. You, you heard a resonator guitar, a uh, a specific type of acoustic guitar with a, a metal sort of resonator cone on the face of it, where in a normal acoustic guitar you would see just an open sound hole going into the inside of the guitar. Hmm. Uh, it's a style of guitar that was associated uh, strongly with uh, you know Delta blues and you know you know nineteen thirties circa. Uh, blues music in in the United States and it's got if a really sort of distinct sound
1: that uh, is neat if you're not a guitar person could you can you safely picture this guitar as being like a a normal guitar with a hubcap right under where you're
0: strumming. I think that's exactly the way to put it. Yes it, it it's got a it's got a hubcap where you would expect a guitar normally not to have a hubcap essentially.
1: And the hole you referred to, the sound hole. Will you please tell me that that's the actual technical name? Oh for yeah, the hole that, the guitar. That, that,
0: that, that's what guitarists call the hole in the guitar. It's the sound <laughs> hole. Uh, <laughs> Uh, yeah, it never even occurred to me to think about what a delightfully unsophisticated turn that was until you reacted to it. But yes, no, it's a sound hole. And if, 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 if you if you want to buy shit a out of me. if you want to buy like a a, a, a a tuner to insert, you just shove it in your sound hole. Just stick uh, the tuner in the sound hole. Yeah, or pickup. I guess I meant to say, uh, you'd stick the tuner on the headstock usually. Yeah, uh, yeah. Let's let's talk about all the pieces of guitar now. <laughs> Yeah, but this um, one's this one's interesting because uh, resonators, uh, a lot of times a resonator is built uh, out of the same material other than the hubcap as uh, a traditional acoustic guitar. You know, you'll have a, a wooden body, uh, but this one's actually got a whole metal body along with the metal sound hole, uh, so it's got a much more distinctive sound uh, compared to sort of more hybrid wooden body resonators that have their own sort of sound to them but doesn't stand out quite as much, so... Uh, so yeah,
1: congratulations! Uh, you just bought it just this earlier today, yeah? Yeah, you know, I, I I'd
0: been thinking about it and I uh, the, the idea and sort of talking to Angela about it and I uh, was thinking, well, maybe I should maybe I should uh, do that because I, I came to Huntsville, brought along my uh, little baritone ukulele, which is a great little thing. It's it's nice, and I brought along thing like, well, this is what I'll bring instead of a bunch of other instruments because it's like a guitar, but it's smaller than a guitar. But a baritone uke is tuned like the top four strings of just a full size guitar. Uh, So it's not, it's not a situation where it sounds like tiny, like a ukulele, like you would normally think. Um, But it's still not very full bodied. You know, I did a couple of recordings with it and played it some and it's just not, it doesn't have any low end and it was not really satisfying. I was like, maybe I should get a guitar while I'm here. And uh, so I got to think about a resonator because I never had a resonator. And and it's it's, also
1: the name of that incredibly popular podcast. Yes, yes.
0: I I bought it specifically for you uh, to celebrate, (laughs) uh, you know. Resonator Podcast Network, uh, <laughs> for the 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 still sort of forthcoming,
1: still in the works. It'll happen. Uh, It'll get there. Resonator Podcast Network. Yeah, so, I got it's, I got ideas. I got big designs. But uh, anyways, that's that's a yes. pa- tangent.
0: So I got up th- this we're morning. We're against tangents. Yes. <laughs> we don't believe in them. I got it this morning, and I got to thinking about it. Uh, it's my day off. I've got the car. I dropped Angela off at work, uh, so I could roam around, do whatever I want. I got thinking. Well, maybe I should maybe I should try and find a resonator. And I started looking for local guitar shops. And I found a shop in town that wasn't Guitar Center, and uh, and saw what they had for resonators. And they had a couple things. And uh, they had this one in particular. And I was like, oh, that looks pretty interesting. Uh, and I listened to a couple YouTube videos of people playing. I was like, I like that sound. Yeah, I can dig this. All right. And uh, I was like, well, I should I should go check it out and play it and buy it. And so I double checked their website. And then, oh no. It's available if I ask them to order it so that it'll show up at some point, but they don't have it. I was like, ah, oh, fuck. And I checked Guitar Center in town grudgingly because uh, I don't really like Guitar Center because they're sort of big and weird. Uh, but they didn't have one either. And uh, I, I checked around. It turns out in Chattanooga, there's a store that has one, also a Guitar Center. A Guitar Center in Chattanooga, Tennessee had one. That's like a 90-minute drive each way. I was like, do I want to drive like an hour and a half each way to a guitar center. Like it'd be one thing. I was like <laughs> going to some like beautiful little boutique shop in Chattanooga. that was like some famous, like, you know, that'd be great. But that's like, it's like driving 90 minutes to go to, you know, a Walmart half estate over. It's like, why ah, that feels terrible. It feels wrong. Uh, so I was like, I don't know if I really want to do that. Uh, but then how do I get a guitar today, man? And then I was like, well, let's look on Amazon. And I, as a, I could have bought it on Amazon, for next day shipping to have it show up tomorrow for like $13 on top of, you know, I've got a Prime membership. But I was like, do I really want to buy a guitar I haven't played in the mail? That's really weird too. And I of going back and forth between these two options and really kind of feeling like, ah, I got to control the impulse control thing because neither of these options feels like the correct thing to do, but they're both what's available. And I eventually sort of like chilled out and said, you know what, I'm just gonna, gonna go get some lunch I'm going to go to the guitar store and I'm just going to play some guitars and think about playing guitars and thinking about what I want and what stuff sounds like. And, and then I can, you know, over the next week or so I can come up with a plan. Uh, and they had just gotten one back in stock. And so I sat down and played it a bunch and played some other things and I was like, yes, no, this is the thing I want. And so I was able to walk out. It was like a fucking fairy tale, man. I was like, (laughs) it was a real emotional roller coaster this morning on this whole guitar thing. (laughs) I feel like, I feel like I was rewarded for, uh, making a basic effort to be an adult and have some, uh, delayed gratification, uh, which is the worst way to try and teach me a lesson about delaying gratification. Cause the lesson I actually learned is, oh, well, if you sort of freak out for a little bit, but then give up, then you'll get what you want. You know, that's, that's the lesson that the universe has, has taught me about, about things here. So what
1: did, what did they say when you paid them in quarters? Oh, they
0: were, <laughs> they, they really rolled their eyes at me.
1: Uh, <laughs> I, i'm actually I'm, I'm legit excited about your new guitar i i want you to play the interstitial music on this episode on it if, i will if totally do that I, th- I think so that is totally to a thing to do hopefully cool. that will
0: be the thing that has turned out to have been done let's say yes uh, yes it should be pretty easy for me to knock out some some random bullshit uh, that sounds in fun my enthusiasm so i'll do that after we're we're done recording here Just, should we talk about Fallout Shelter? Should we should we follow up on the state of Fallout Shelter and just complain sure, about some more? Sure. So I've um, I, I've continued to play Fallout Shelter. Like I, I, I've, I've launched I, as it. As like, if I yeah. for reasons unknown. Yeah, I've been launching it, you know, two, three times a day, every day, for the last two weeks since we talked. And uh man, it's it's really badly made for this part of the game. Like it's a like I think we talked before about it being, you know, it's it, it's cute, it's amusing, it's got some vague Fallout-y vibes. It's sort of weird that it's set more in the sort of prequel text of the Fallout universe than than in anything resembling the actual Fallout games. But, you know, it's, it's a cute little ant farm, but there's a cap of 200 maximum dwellers that you can have in your vault. Uh, and it became very clear to me as I was approaching that limit that that cap is there because they had to draw the line somewhere so that they wouldn't have even more crashes and performance issues than it has at 200.
1: It's fucking ridiculous. I mean, it's, it's a game where you can have up to 200 little people in your little ecosystem and it starts grinding after about 10 people.
0: Well, it gets like the
1: game. I mean, I'm talking about the performance of the app starts just going right in the can, like really, really early.
0: And it it, it 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 is weird to me that the performance is so bad because I'm trying to figure out what the game does that it actually needs that level of performance for whatever it's doing because like moving 200 little things around is not a difficult thing to do at this point in computing technology. I mean like. You, you can move a lot more than that around on screen. Yeah, and the
1: behavior simulation stuff is super, super rote, and the, you know, pathfinding stuff for the guys who are wandering is super, super rote. It's not, yeah.
0: Yeah, there's not a whole lot going on there, but I guess just between the assets and however they're, ca- it, it's surprising how badly it performs. Uh, well, basically.
1: I mean, one thing to know is that it's written in Unity, which is not an iOS first, and you know, development sure, platform. And that, it's, it's meant to be a like, really, really cross-platform development yeah. environment for games, and really really easy to get started with but not the closest to the metal but it hardware seems to have been designed wise.
0: specifically for iOS is the interesting thing like like the, the game right. they built this is not a game that they put out on iOS and also PC and also consoles it's a game they put out on iOS so like their target platform had to be just you know iPhones and iPads and i've got a iPhone 6 which is not you know uh, the the 6 plus probably has a little bit more meat in there maybe but in any case the 6 is that should be like pretty much the modern target. Right. You know I mean? The game in theory would run on a five or a four S as far as I know. Uh, but yeah, it runs badly on a six and it's, it, it is so frustrating cause it's, it's buggy. Uh, like it crashes a lot. It's really hmm. easy to get the thing to crash. Uh, it's just like, well, you tried to do a thing. That was a bad idea. I'm just going to, and it launches really fucking slow. It like takes a, a couple minutes to launch which is really bad for games that's constantly crashing and really conspicuous for like an iOS game in particular. Yeah. Uh, when you get to 200... And, s- and a game whose interaction mode is designed around
1: popping in, collecting your resources, maybe moving a couple guys around and popping out. It yeah, just exactly. Makes that that's the thing. It's not,
0: it's not a game that you like play intensely 30 minutes at a time, generally speaking. It's a game that you check in, you know, every once in a while. And so you want to be able to just, like you say, you want to be able to pop in, check on things. Like I would... I would be launching it a lot more if it didn't take fucking forever. But as it is, it's like, you know, okay, hit launch, go make a cup of coffee. You know, it's, it's, it's kind of ridiculous as far as that goes. And then the interface itself. There's things
1: that just don't work, like flat don't work. And like one, one, one example is you want to keep your little people happy. So you want to identify people who are unhappy and move them to a job that's more suitable or get them laid or you yeah. know send them out to the wasteland. You, know, do, you want to address the problematic people so that your overall happiness goes up. So when you have five people, that's fine. You can just tap through them individually or you can bring up the list of followers and scroll through and look at their happiness ratings. When you have 100 to 200 of them, it literally doesn't work you can open up the list of followers you can sort by happiness but it sorts highest to lowest and the only thing you're going to care about is the lowest and you can't click the sort column again to reverse the sort like you could in literally any other (laughs) ui in the (laughs) fucking universe yep so you click on it to sort by happiness and then you start scrolling And it literally will stop. You cannot get to the bottom when you have between like 100 and 200 followers. You cannot. I have tried four hours. To to get to the bottom of that list and the whole thing will grind to a halt or it will crash or it will arbitrarily dismiss or it'll just stop scrolling. The whole thing will just freeze up. And so you there's no way to find your unhappy followers in the game, even though there's a mechanism by which you should be able to in an extremely arduous and annoying way get to that you just yeah. can't it just the, doesn't work and the
0: thing is this is the game too this is not like some subsystem that's like you know okay well it's that bit doesn't work this is like the entire game manifests these sort of issues where it's a big sandbox manager where you're managing up to 200 little people uh in a in an ant farm i guess is the term i was going for you know, you're building this subterranean vault with all these different rooms and assigning them and whatnot. But the assigning is terrible. The comparing is terrible or impossible. Like all the things that you would actually need to do once you've got 200 of these dudes running around, just don't, yeah, that you just can't do them. They're, they're anywhere between impractical and basically non-responsive. And it's insane to me, how did they get to this point with this game and then say, this is a thing we should release. We should definitely put out this thing that we have to know doesn't run correctly when you actually get far in it. Like, it's so weird to me. And I feel like the 200 vault dweller limit was probably a totally arbitrary thing they threw on there at some point to just sort of try and draw a line at how bad the performance issues get. Because, like, I've got 200 people and I've got a vault where I've filled up maybe half the space. You know, I, I, I could build a lot more down and some stuff on the side in this giant container where the vault be. I don't understand how you would manage to fill up that entire space with only 200 people unless your specific goal was to fill that space up and understaff all of the rooms you've thereby created. It's just like, there's nothing you don't need the resources you would produce that way. There's not enough other things to do in a vault. If you were to build that out the, the late game content, you know, the expensive facilities you build lead in the exact opposite direction where you can manage to build more, you know, you can build nuke plants instead of the old power plants. And then you could have fewer nuke plants cause they're more efficient. You know, it was like, nothing right, the or, the bo- seems- or the
1: bottle facility that creates food and drink out of one. It's, yeah, it's, it yeah. tends towards more efficient use of your staff than less. Yeah. So and it'd be why, interesting if there why was would like, you need anywhere near the amount of physical space you're given to build yeah, these rooms.
0: Exactly. And you can't move living quarters around once you've hit the 200% limit because you can't build more facilities because you've hit the limit, but you can't rearrange stuff because you can't get rid of those. If you actually fill it up because you'd be taking it on. Un- it's the, the whole thing. It's, it's terrible. It's terrible because it could be good. It's terrible because if this was a game that was programmed to run on a PC, it would run on a very, very low-powered PC. You know, no problem. It'd be really, really accomplishable to build this as just like a simple desktop game, uh, or probably, you know, it'd probably work fine as a web-based game. You know, you could design around most of the performance issues. I think pretty easily just by cranking back what you expect from it in terms of, like, art assets or whatever. And it's just, it, it's, it's I've put some serious thought in the idea of trying to just sort of spite, write uh, some sort of demake that captures some of the interesting mechanical stuff from it while chucking out all the fallout up property stuff and chucking out all of the prettiness and just saying, hey, no, let's make this a simple fucking little game where you're trying to build a facility and there's numbers associated with it and you try and make those numbers better. And, and yeah, we'll see yeah. if that happens because... I need something to do now that I'm done with Kevin Markov, but uh, <laughs> and can't we both continue to play this fucking stupid game? I don't well, know. Yeah, to, yeah. And it's, yeah the, the, get the draw it. of it is like, you know, I, I somehow keep managing to some extent. I'll be. It'd be a lot easier to stop playing it if like Fallout Four was out now instead of in five months. Because uh, I'm looking forward to it. I've really, I, I've really enjoyed a lot uh, Fallout New Vegas and Fallout Three before that, and you know the older games I loved, and that was sort of why I got on board in the first place. So he has like, I'm excited about the game that this is sort of promoting, but I really wish that they, I don't know, had made a better product for this free promotional tie in product. It's kind of hard to complain because it's free and whatever the fuck, but still, it's so frustrating. It's so frustrating. It's frustrating to see them put in a lot of effort and then not put in the required additional effort to make it not fucked.
1: Right. It's, I mean, it's a real Yogi Berra. um, The food is terrible and the portions are so small. Yeah, type of thing where it's just like, <laughs> I mean, I hate this game and I and I'm playing it so much. And, you know, yep. right. exactly. It's so like, you know, the solution is obvious, except we don't take it because what, whatever it sets its hooks. It's got that it's got that real compulsive mechanic that still somehow shines through. Yep. I have problems with all the Bethesda Fallout games. I think that they they are. I mean, Fallout 3 is a contender for best game of all time in my opinion. But not because the engine is bulletproof, you know <laughs> what I mean? <laughs> no, certainly. Like it was it's the crashiest game I've ever played on a console. It you, you could bug your save and so you you know you would have to start the game over. You there's so many like, you know, from clipping errors to AI errors to whatever. You it's impossible to play through that game without running afoul of some problem with the engine or the game. Sure. Mechanics and um, and it's frustrating. It's frustrating because it's like, well, I mean, I'm not going to take a crap on this because it's it was the most ambitious game I've ever played and pulled it off. And um, yeah. but at well, the same time, it's like it's sort of like you know working with a broken tool. It can't help but be super frustrating. Yeah, and, well, and with that's, this game, the you know the amazing ambitious scope is not there, but the frustrating broken mechanics are. To a much greater extent, exactly.
0: Yeah, the balance is very different. You you know, I can forgive a lot of a game that just otherwise is sort of brilliant, but this isn't brilliant. It's it's nice, and it's got a couple good little hooks that you know make me want to try and follow through on a, a, a large scale plan. But but the game itself is like a real mild thing, and then it's got all this bullshit associated with it. So yeah, it's 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 a frustrating thing.
1: Yeah.
0: Yep, fucking Fallout Shelter.
1: Fucking Fallout Shelter. Well, Fallout 4 I have still high hopes for. Yeah, me too. Um that might be I might have to start saving up for a next generation system for that alone.
0: Yeah, I will be playing that on PC, so that better mm, yeah, be yeah. That, that better be a sim- it's good. Yeah, of course it is. Of course it'll be a simultaneous PC release. Right? I was didn't it, even think was, to look.
1: Was 3 on the I don't know. I thought know. three came to the I don't PC
0: really. later. I don't know. Maybe it did. Maybe I'm going to have to fucking adjust my expectations. That would be terrible. I'm going to pretend it's not possible, just so we don't end this on a total bummer mode <laughs> of me cursing at Bethesda <laughs> for a <laughs> proposed release uh, uh, schedule. But yeah. 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 On a lighter note, I've been playing You Must Build a Boat, which is great. I don't know. What is that? Uh, did you ever play Ten Million? Okay, well, there's a Maybe. game. It's it's like a match pi- three pixel type game. Yeah, pixel arty match three game where you're trying to get farther and farther, uh, and you in a dungeon. Yeah, and, you, and after every after every run, you wake up in your bed in a small room, and there's doors to a few craftsmen who you can buy yeah. upgrades your sword and your wand and your shield and stuff. Yeah, it's, it's, I think I
1: had a, a, a intense week long passion fling with that game. Yeah,
0: that sounds about right. It's because it's not it's not real long, and once you play through it, that's like it. I mean, you can play through it again if you want, but you know, there's not that much there. But it's great for that little period. Well, the guy made a sequel called "You Must Build a Boat" that came out recently, that sort of takes that and expands on it. I think it actually started as sort of an expansion of the original game, but then he's like, mm-hmm. you know, what? It's been a while, and I'm just going to put this out. Uh, so it's highly recommended. It's more, you know, it's fundamentally it's if you're willing to do frenetic match three goofiness, but it's a lot of fun. And he sort of expanded on the format a little bit while keeping the same basic loop there. And it's a, it's a good time. I strongly recommend it. Hasn't crashed on me once. I've got like game runs. I've got (laughs) (laughs) highly recommended does not fail to work outright. Uh, I've got like, you know, I've got a boat and it's got like 20 or 30 monsters hopping around at any given time no sluggishness. Those monsters, they're just fine. They're animating hmm. without difficulty. So, yeah, I don't know. I don't but back to know.
1: talking about the video game. Yeah. <laughs> oh, that sounds weird. Uh, <laughs> I know that uh, uh, The game I've been playing and enjoying is called Lifeline. Let me triple check that I've got the name right
0: here. I do not know that, so I, I hope you do, so that it's like something yeah. I haven't heard of, rather than you just fucking up.
1: So, Lifeline is a... Uh, it's a medical
0: uh, alert system. You yeah. use it for... Uh,
1: yeah. It's it's a great game. It lets you know when you are dead. I don't know <laughs> the it, what it 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 takes the form of a basically a text message dialogue that you were having with a stranded astronaut on a moon somewhere in another system. Nice. He somehow is like you know channeled into the, your app, and you are just choosing from canned responses when he talks to you. But you are kind of like guiding him to figure out how to survive. He is crashed he th- believes he's the only survivor he is on a strange environment and he it just all takes the takes the form of a kind of stylized uh, text message interaction and what's great about it is it's timed that way so you start the game he's like you know H- is anyone out there is anyone receiving this and you can kind of communicate with them and then say you set him like, to look for the other half of the crashed ship. He'll say, okay, I'll check in when I get there. And then he just goes quiet for 30 minutes or a couple hours or however long in-game it takes for him to walk that. And then you get a notification on your phone that looks, you know, ostensibly like a text message. It's like, hey, I found the ship. And then you can respond to it right there and get back in and start the dialogue again. And so you're playing the game over the course of several days because in the universe of the game, it's taking him several days to go through the adventure. You're kind of walking him through and yeah. it's the, the upshot is, is it's really, really fun and engaging. Um, the writing, uh, is good. It's, you know, better than most like twine or, you know, text adventure style games. Um, it's not perfect, but it's good. I, I think it's, it's, it, it, the game wouldn't work if I didn't, you know, enjoy the writing and the character somewhat too. Yeah. Um, and, uh, I can't quite tell how many real major branching paths there are. Um, You know, I I get the impression that some of the answers you give him, it's kind of tomatoes, tomatoes, but some of them really can lead him on a very different path. And so after you've played through it once, you can replay it in kind of sped up mode and take all the weights out. um, So you can kind of explore the other decision trees. But the best part is the first time when you have no idea what he's in for, no idea what direction this game is going to go. And you can, um, just have that really, really like delayed experience where you it's it, you get a little buzz in your pocket and you look down and you're like oh Taylor's back oh he must have found the ship let me see what he found and it's it's a really it's really really clever use of the the phone as a type of game that wouldn't work on another platform you know what I mean yeah
0: yeah no that's that's um, neat I, I will have to check that out that sounds like yeah a, a clever use of the phone but let me ask you does it does it run because that's that's one of the main things I like to look for. My favorite games are the ones that run. Huh,
1: like, yeah, so I, if, um, <laughs> I'll go back and check, but I think that I think that when you open the app, the, the app like works and okay, doesn't that, not that, work.
0: That's 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 my favorite genre, basically. <laughs> yeah. You know, I'm, I'm pretty particular. I've got some niche tastes. I like. I, right. I'm really into games that run yeah no it's great
1: I mean it's it, 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 every time you install a game on iOS uh, if your default re- immediate first step is to turn off all notifications who can blame you because games are really notoriously spammy and shitty with notifications but this one is really built around the notifications so make yeah. sure when you try it uh, leave that on
0: <laughs> it'd be great if you don't and then like he right. just dies <laughs> in space come back like 10 years later there's there's a series of messages from him as he runs out of oxygen
1: there are paths that lead to similar outcomes, but yeah, I'll let, I'll let you discover it on your own.
0: All right. Well, lifeline. Um, but Life you don't, liner. you
1: don't, I mean, there's no like timed thing. Like you can put it down for as long as you want when you yeah. want to put it down. You don't, he doesn't, you know, die He's, from neglect ever. It's not a Tamagotchi. Right. Um, so yeah, that's uh, Jesse, Jesse and Josh's game recommendations. And I think we can end there. Yeah. Sounds good. Okay. Bye everybody. Bye. Rate the show on iTunes, question mark? Sure, whatever. They know the deal. (laughs) All right. Take it easy, everybody. Bye. Excellent. I'll stop.